0: Welcome to the Contractor Success Forum. Today we're discussing part 2 of the tax deductibility of vehicle. We here on the Contractor Success Forum discuss how to run a more profitable successful construction business. And who is here to help us with that? We have Stephen Brown, McDaniel Whitley, bonding and insurance company, and the world famous great CPA, Wade Carpenter, Carpenter and Company's <laughs> CPAs. And we have Rob Williams. that's, your you. Host, that's that. you. Thank you. With iron gate entrepreneurial support systems so should we recap a little bit you know we're talking taxes and
1: that might put our listeners to sleep i don't know but what is sexy is uh, driving a nice fancy new vehicle and having the company pay for it i'm still kind of reeling from the hundred thousand dollar pickup trucks that i add to my customers i'm just not there but then again I'm still not over the fact that buying lunch every day is now costing more than ten dollars. I haven't yeah. I haven't grasped that yet. But last time we were talking about, you know, should I lease or buy a vehicle for the business, and then should I buy it in my personal name or the company name? Then we went on to talk about what kind of expenses can we deduct, and then what about these two depreciation options? You know, the one seventy nine. That's used the most, and then this one sixty eight k that not a lot of people know about. We talked about that, and there
2: are three methods. But
1: okay, three. <laughs> we didn't fully
2: get into all that, but
1: okay. We talked about a capital lease and an operating lease, and why you should even mm-hmm. you know care about that. Wade, I want to know first and foremost: Can I buy a new vehicle every year? One of my customers is a big proponent of this. He says it's financial advisor, whoever, I don't know who that is, told him the tricks to doing that. I don't know if his CPA just goes along with it or not. But right now with used cars being worth as much or more than new cars, what's the deal with that? Why would people say that? Why would people do that or even think that's possible?
2: Well, obviously they think it's possible, but a lot of times they don't realize the consequences and maybe their CPA doesn't tell them the consequences of it. Short answer is, yes, you can do it. But long answer is, yeah, we need to explain why it can come back to bite you. A lot of times a contractor will go buy a new pick 'em up truck December 27th and write it off immediately. And, you know, hey, we wrote it off and then we turn around and sell it the next year. And then we do the same thing year after year. Well, yes, you can do that. But what people don't understand is most of the time we're doing like Section 179 where we're expensing it up front. There is the bonus. But anytime you've got an accelerated method of depreciating an asset on a vehicle, there are rules where we have to recapture some income. So normally when you sell a vehicle, if you kept it for 10 years or whatever and you turn around and sell it in a business, you'd at least get a capital gains rate on that, right? Mm -hmm. But when we wrote off the vehicle in the beginning, we wrote that off against ordinary income. The IRS has rules in there where basically they're saying that if you wrote it off faster than normal, then we're going to hit you for ordinary income of it.
0: When you sell the vehicle.
2: Yeah, if you sell it within a certain
0: trade-in trade or something.
2: Does trade-in count as selling it too? Yes, and that's probably another thing we should talk about because some sat tax rules have changed on that. We can come back to that.
0: What if you leased it every year? Well, then you wouldn't be writing it off.
2: Well, oh, that's right. Or I, it could be a capital lease.
0: You yeah, know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah
2: depending right. on if it's capital it lease we talked about last time, it hmm. come back to bite you. Let me kind of explain how that happens. Okay. All right. This is just a generalization, but any vehicle is usually in a five-year class, so it's supposed to last five years. I know a lot of contractors that wear the tires off a vehicle in a year. You know, they right. use mm-hmm. it up. I know they can do that easily, but according to the IRS, these are five-year vehicles. So if you were writing that off straight line, you know, 20% every year, then you'd still have the ordinary income. When we accelerate it, where we're writing 100% off in the first year, well, say we sell it in the third year, we're going to recapture essentially 20% every year that we're doing it under five years of owning it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we sold it in year three, the difference between 100% versus 20% first year, 20% second year, essentially 60% of it is going to be recaptured as ordinary income. And yes, people see the side of, hey, we could write another one off, but they also don't see the part where they're adding this part back. I have a couple of groups of lawyers, but contractors do this all the time and they, they think they're getting away with something, but... In reality, they're not.
0: I thought about this when Stephen was talking a second ago. CPAs that keep their clients often tell them what they want to hear. They may not lie to them, but they may just point out the parts that we wanted to hear. I think I've had a lot of CPAs that told me what I wanted to hear. I was happy with them because... I would go to the conversation wanting to know how I'm gonna write that vehicle off and how I'm gonna get a new one every year. Yeah, so you would phrase something. that to your CPA by saying, I wanna buy a new vehicle
1: every year. You don't have any problems with that, do you? Yeah. And of course they don't. It's your money.
0: Yeah. It's your exactly. money. They they just wanna do it and then they don't necessarily give the advice that I'd say my CPA's had that because I was guilty of that. I did not want to hear the real answer. I wanted to hear the answer that I wanted to hear, yeah, but we hear the contractor success form, are going to tell you like it is. We're
1: going to tell you Amen. like it is. Well, you just hope we know to ask the right questions, Wade. In your own defense, I can say this from your perspective that our listeners need to understand is that the worst thing that you do each year is have to inform a client of their taxes <laughs> right. and they're not prepared for it. Or it's more than anyone anticipated. You just rather be up front and say, this is going to happen. It, it doesn't go away and making a customer happy just doesn't cut it. You might just be busy and not have time to mess with it because you know, they don't really want to know the answer, mm-hmm. but how do you feel about that comment?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, to Rob's point too, a, a lot of CPAs think that, well, that honestly, the expectation of a lot of contractors or any business owners, how can you save me money? And expensing election, that's the easy one to lob up there. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but you need to understand how that can come back to bite you. And a lot of people, even when they do it every year, they don't realize it's hitting them. Beside that
1: particular client of mine that wants a new 100000 dollar pickup pickup each year, you know, that may be his particular whim. It's his company, you know, more power to you. But I think a good majority of my clients just want to get the best quality vehicle they can and run it dependably as hard as they can. There's just no doubt that a pickup truck is 98% of my contractors' fleet of vehicles. There's some private passenger vehicles on the insurance schedule that might belong to some office employees or spouse Maybe some family members that work part-time for the uh, construction company. But nevertheless, the pickup truck is the tool. First of all, you may have to haul stuff. You may have to pull stuff. But whatever you're doing, you're traveling back and forth. And almost like a cop car, engines running all the time with the air conditioning on, and somebody's working in that truck. Now, you get to a site, then you got a job trailer, you got your air conditioning there, you pull up your truck, you get out. But you know, when you're a contractor and you're doing different jobs in different locations, you're just doing a lot of traveling. So what's the deal about this mileage? If I put an insane amount of miles on a vehicle, what should I do? I deduct the expenses for the upkeep of that vehicle
2: plus the mileage? Or how does that work? There are limits on that too that people need to know. But Before I move on to that, can I just address a couple more things? We're not saying you shouldn't go get that pickup truck because it is a tool for a contractor. But the other point I think Rob would agree is that we're about making sure that contractors have profit. Do you really need that new truck every year? Well, maybe you do, but maybe you could afford something less than that $100,000 vehicle. And Uh I, I think I told Steven a story of I had a contractor just buy a $150,000 escalate and I had no idea an Escalade went up that high, but okay, yeah. so point number two is the fact that we recently did an episode on recession and, you know, whether we're possibly running into that, and when we saw things stop 10 years ago, I mean, for some contractors, they came to an abrupt stop. They played the deferral games with the income, they got all this dumped in. They don't have the expenses. They're not buying another pickup truck behind mm-hmm. it. When Party's the winding out, now. It killed some
0: people. And say what it is that killed them. I don't think the people will understand here. It was the tax bill they got when they did not have a good year because they had to pay the taxes, right, the following year. For earnings, they had really earned earlier, but they were deducting all those things. And then it came back. And when things went down, they don't have the income anymore. It actually happened to us, too. you know. Then, boom, you get this huge tax bill. And you're like, what? <laughs> Hold on. I didn't make any money this year. Well, cause we kept deferring all those taxes. Deferring doesn't mean you don't have to pay it. It means you got to pay what? it later. What? <laughs>
2: right. Why? Yeah. That's what, that's what, that isn't is. right.
0: Oh. That's why a lot of times I don't like to defer the taxes and the CPAs say, just like what you don't want to defer. No, I want to pay them now while I have money. Cause I may not have money next week. Yes. It's great to make that interest or whatever it is to have that extra cash flow, but I'm still going to owe that. That's a debt. It may not show up as a debt. It's a debt that's not on your books. You know, so. Right. You got to pay those taxes
1: to do business in America. Yeah. Seriously. You got to pay those taxes if you want to do business in America. And when you were talking about the deferral, Rob, I just I had to put my head down because, <laughs> you know, now's the time, June, if I'm getting December 31st year ends, there's a hot mess involved with that. And certain clients just cannot, will not see the fact that they cannot yeah. defer taxes forever.
0: Yeah, I have a story here about Cadillac. My controller came from, he had worked for this big Old money Delta farmer that just had more money than he could even count. So he owned, you know, I don't know how many tens of thousands of acres down there, but he wrote his whole Cadillac. He bought a Cadillac. This is a Cadillac car every year. And he wrote the whole thing off every year and he had it. So the IRS came and audited him. They came down there and they said, you know, sir, get in a car with me. And so they got in the Cadillac. He took off across the farmland, over the thing, wore it out, got back. The IRS agent said, all right, it's fine. You can deduct this thing. He'd wear a whole Cadillac out. It had no value after one year, and he'd buy the Cadillac and expense the whole thing. Up. But he wore the whole car out. So I guess yeah. if you have a piece of machinery and you wear it down to nothing and you sell it off for nothing because it has no value, and I guess you could write it off in a year, but that's accelerated depreciation because you really used it up. That's
1: a happy ending for a new Cadillac, <laughs> but 60 to 80,000 miles, you know, that's the kind of numbers a year we're talking about on yeah. a lot of these folks. You're driving that vehicle from the job site to get back home at night or you're staying in a hotel nearby and nobody wants to do that unless you're just a single male that couldn't care less, but that's my questions that I have for you, Wade. I still really don't understand what's deductible and not deductible. And also what's this tax basis that you owe? I understand you kind of explained about five-year usage and maybe a number of years left, but how do you prove the IRS that your five-year use of a vehicle was really less than that, like Rob's story?
2: Well, in that case, they probably still did have some recapture on it, but, you know, there's several ways we could go. The IRS could say, well, if you're selling this to your wife after a year, then you're probably doing something you shouldn't do. But to go back to Rob's point about the deferral games, I don't have a problem with deferral games. That's very common in construction, and if you do it correctly, there is a way to legally defer taxes. What I'm talking about, and I think Rob's point of these things is, are you buying a new truck every year so you don't pay taxes? And you make sure that you're never going to have profit. And a lot of contractors dig themselves deep in a hole with debt that they don't realize that you've got to have cash profit to pay these things off. So I guess that was one point there.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. People say they don't want to pay taxes. They're so excited. Well, maybe you never made any money and you've just got this mountain building up that at some point is going to crash.
2: Well, that's why we talk about the beauty of profit first, and I won't go into that. But there is one other thing that you brought up before that I really wanted to point out. A few years ago, I don't know, five years ago, something they changed the rules on when you bought a truck, if you can get one nowadays and you expense the whole thing and then you're upside down, maybe you still got a payment on it. Well, you turn around and trade it in and you may be upside down. The rules used to be where we could kind of do like a 1031 exchange, like with real estate, where we rolled the gain into the new asset and we kind of play in deferral games there. A few years ago, they change that rule to where we're not rolling that in. If you sell it or you trade it in, you got a gain because you're upside down and you didn't pay all the note. You got to take that as a gain on your taxes as well. So that's mm. another reason they can come back and bite you if you don't understand what you're doing with it. Yeah. And I
1: don't think we've ever had a time where used vehicles were worth more than they are right now. Just right now. That could change yeah. next year. That could change next month. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so the consequences, the recapture is going to be really high. Isn't that yep. kind of what that means? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I got a client that's selling a, another forerunner right now that is three years old, and she's selling it for more than what she bought it for. Yeah. And I mean, they wrote it all off up front. Yeah. And so that's going to be $52,000 worth of gain they got to pay taxes on. Well, maybe that'll
1: be enough and what extra money she got for the truck to pay those taxes, hopefully.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that you can't roll it over. I hadn't really even thought about it, to tell you the truth. But, but we're just so used to property. I think a lot of the people in, in the construction business are like that. And you can roll those, especially your home. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you can roll that over. And so I guess people think that applies to everything.
2: And it used to apply to vehicles as well. But it doesn't anymore.
1: Well, what about these credits for electric vehicles? Are they still good enough to make it worthwhile?
2: Well, most of the credits for electric vehicles are gone, quite frankly. They allocated X amount of money for these electric vehicles where we would get rebates and stuff like that or credits basically on our taxes. And essentially, 98% of all these, the manufacturers have already used up those things. But they're supposedly one of those Rivian plants that I know mm-hmm. they're building. If you've heard of those, yeah. they're building trucks. So I don't know if oh, they're sure. going to have some,
1: but Ford's got their new. Uh, they all do now. Yeah, yeah Ford's but,
0: coming in right outside of Memphis here. So that's it's, right.
2: But again, like Ford, GM, and all the Toyota, everybody else has already kind of used up their credits. But if I right, see. I thought
1: I had a great idea, Wade, and that was buy electric truck and then wrap it and advertising for my company, which as your insurance agent, I would say, please don't do that. You're just going to have bigger claims when someone sees your corporate vehicle, but what's the deal? Can you do that? Can you make your vehicle a rolling advertisement somehow and deduct that even more? Short answer. Yes. Yeah. I will just
2: stop right there. No, don't let's not stop there. The cost of putting it on there, you know, applying a wrap or you know lettering or whatever on your vehicle yes you could write that part off but simply doing that does not make that vehicle deductible Uh, and there's a huge misconception for a lot of people oh man you know if you just put that on there i can write the whole thing off right you could write
0: all the miles off especially in a good camo pattern Does that mean if I have wrap on there, that it means I have no personal miles, that everything is business?
2: The same rules apply deducting the vehicle as they do for any other vehicle. That might help your argument with that IRS agent riding through the field and, you know, (laughs) Cadillac, whether it's business or personal use. But essentially, the test comes down to are you driving at X amount of miles per year for business versus personal? And I think we briefly addressed that if you're using it personally, you should be charged back something. If you got it in your personal name, you should be able to recapture, depending on how you started, say the first year, if you started depreciating it and you used an accelerated method, then you can't go back. Again, this is a longer discussion on the standard mileage rate versus actual. And I know we're just about out of time again, but. You know, perhaps we could do another episode on that. I don't know.
0: What hey. other points are we? would you like to make sure we hit?
2: I think that answered the question, can I buy it every year and deduct it? Short answer again, yes, you can, but you need to understand the consequences. Can you trade it in after or whatever? Yes, you can, but there's consequences that you may not realize.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So the whole goal of doing these podcasts, number one, is so that hopefully you get some good information. We didn't really do it like we did last time, but we need to put a disclaimer here. Again, if I'm not your CPA, you need to go talk to your own CPA, your own tax advisor about these, because number one, the tax laws change. Your situation may not be something that I'm describing. So don't use any of the things we're talking about here. Use it as a general guide to go ask some questions. And I would also... Caution, you don't go Googling the answer because that can also get you in trouble. Good advice. Do not Google
1: these answers. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you know, this deferment and paying tax business, it's just got me bummed out. I like the shiny new car and the new car smell every year, but I can't afford that anyway. That's just a fantasy of mine. But you know, think about using your vehicle. You're in your vehicle, you live in your vehicle. Of course, you should spend a little more money to make sure it's comfortable inside. But who are you really out there to impress by getting a super expensive vehicle? Well, I would say when you pull up the owner, they would say, there's someone overcharging me. And then when you pull up to a job site, there would be your labor. So you not paying me enough
2: because you,
0: you're riding around this
2: $100,000 vehicle.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. wait. I really do have a big question on this. If I have a personal vehicle and I don't pay for it, through the company but I do write off my miles my mileage on that I get those miles but no recapture is it when because I never wrote it off on the vehicle if I just write the miles off the mileage then it, it wasn't any depreciation on the vehicle so that's like a separate thing so I don't have to recapture any of that do I Or is there some complication
2: on that? Again, there's a complicated answer on that. Technically, no, but there is a component of the standard mileage rate that is allocated to depreciation. And I don't want to get deep into that right now. It used to be like 17 cents a mile or something like that. Normally, no, that would not be recaptured because you're not accelerated depreciating that. The other thing, which I don't think I mentioned this on the other one we did, but As of July 1, you know, just like they did a few years ago, they bumped the standard mileage rate in the middle of the year. Only one other time I can remember they did that, but July 1, 22, they bumped the standard mileage rate up for the last half of the year to 62.5 cents a mile Mm -hmm. because the gas prices have gone through the Uh roof. I'm sure we could probably spend an episode talking about that too. But okay.
0: Well, good. So take all this stuff and ask your own accountant or, or call and have a conversation with a different accountant, which could there be me. me. Yeah. <laughs> could be, could be some. So we are great. taking new clients. So, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the information, Wade. Okay. All right. Well, this has been great. Another episode of the Contractor Success Forum, food for thought. So, brain food here today for further thought in your business and how you can make your business more successful on the contractor success forum. So thanks a lot. Go to contractor success forum.com and pose a question to us or use contractor success forum on LinkedIn and ask us some questions. Go there or find us and pose us a question so we can have an episode just for you. The value of that would be just priceless Priceless. just like those credit card things so all right thanks so very much this has been your latest episode of the contractor success forum and we will see you on the next show